0: Welcome to the B'nai International podcast. I'm your host, CEO Dan Mary Ashen. We appreciate your spending some time with us today. Older people are too frequently forgotten or disregarded in society, and the coronavirus crisis has exacerbated the issue, particularly with the high-risk category in which seniors find themselves. And that's why I'm delighted today to be joined by Tiffany Wolf and Noam Dromi, co-creators of the new digital series Dispatches from Quarantine episodes focus on the life of older legends like Norman Lear, Ellen Burstyn, Larry King, and most recently, the late Carl Reiner. Dispatches, truly a series for the coronavirus era, is produced by Silver Screen Studios, a production company created by Wolf and Steve Goldblum that looks to those living well into their later years to show all of us how to live fully and to be role models for a great last act of our lives. Also with me today is Janelle Doughton, Associate Director of the Benebrith Center for Senior Services. Doughton develops and provides training for the residents of Benebrith's senior housing buildings across the country and frequently works with the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Janelle and I will be speaking with Tiffany and Noam about the inspiration for the series, Lessons from the seniors, including celebrities, and those not in the public eye, that Wolf and Dromi have interviewed, and why we need to continue celebrating our seniors even after the COVID-19 pandemic hopefully recedes. Tiffany, Noam, it's great to have you with us today. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you for having us.
0: Thank
2: you, Dan. So, it's a pleasure.
0: Tiffany, let's uh, let's start with you. Um, it's the typical first question, but it's the most important question, perhaps. What inspired you to create this series as an offshoot of your normal Silver Screen Studios programming? And Noam, how did you get involved?
1: So um, thank you for asking that question. Uh, we, We started Silver Screen Studios a few years ago. It was a passion project for me because I lost my parents very young and realized that I needed the older role models to help navigate life's major milestones, and was really craving that cohort in my life. I really was looking for surrogates, if you, if you will, to fill their shoes. So I set out over the years interviewing incredible older role models. We traveled the country and captured their stories, and we recently um, premiered one of our, uh, we have three series, and one of them called Coming of Age, of some of the new interviews we've conducted over the last year. And then, of course, coronavirus hit. And we, like everybody else, thought, well, what do we do with this time and this situation? And we really wanted to get the stories out there because we felt that honoring and storytelling around older role models and seniors was more relevant and more important than ever. Not only that elder communities were more isolated than ever, but they were the more more resilient to kind of teach us all how to get through this. So we pivoted, as you could say, to dispatches from quarantine where we thought, well, what can we do now? What are the digital tools that we can use now to continue storytelling and to continue the series in this really unusual moment in time? So it really was just this idea we had and we ran with it with, okay, well, we really want to encourage people to call their older loved ones and to check in with them, record their insights, because as we all know, time is of the essence. What we didn't know was that we would have the tremendous good fortune of interviewing (laughs) some of the most incredible legends that we love that agreed to be a part of the series. So it was really just kind of happening in real time, being able to talk, as you mentioned, from Carl Reiner to Larry King and Norman Lear and it, it just the, the fact that they were gracious enough to do these interviews at this time really um was unexpected and a real delight for us and a real treat to capture them under this time of, under quarantine.
0: And Noam when did you uh join the uh, the project?
2: Sure so Dan uh, Tiffany and I are members of an organization called Reboot which sort of considers itself the premier Jewish arts and culture research and development hub for um, creative practitioners who tell stories and generate ideas that are symbolic and representative of Jewish values. I've been a part of it almost for 20 years now. It's funded by, you know, incredible uh, funders and donors like Uh, The Bronfman Philanthropies, the Righteous Persons Foundation, and a number of other great groups. And over the course of the last year and a half, I've transitioned from just being a member to actually running their uh, incubator, accelerator, hybrid, the uh, content studio for the organization. Tiffany brought the project to Reboot in 2018, and it was really born as a seed of an idea as she already reinforced, speaking to the notion of capturing the stories of older adults, and also a big belief that the oral histories of people, um, and particularly you know our incredible community of Jewish elders, could really be an important archive that we wanted to make sure to capture in a meaningful way. So when I came on board as the managing director of what we call Reboot Studio, I was given a list of projects that were in some phase of uh, ideation and development, and I immediately gravitated towards the work that Tiffany and Steve Goldblum at the time had so ably done, because I come from a family with a father, uh, my late father who was a journalist, and a mother who was a clinical social worker, whose area of expertise is specifically older adults and group work, and helping caregivers who are navigating older adults and their families who are dealing with dementia and other issues of that nature. And a quick sidebar, when we first moved to this country from Israel, my parents started a newspaper distribution business. And one of the titles that we would distribute to um, stores and newsstands was the B'nai B'rith newspaper. So I feel like a longstanding connection there. Anyway, all that simply to say, Tiffany and I sat down and we looked at the project and started to discuss a vision for what it would look out 12, 18, 24 months out under the purview of creating it as a digital media studio. And we thought to ourselves that an effective way of doing that and scaling it would be to create kind of these series um, that would focus on different aspects, a more straight pure play documentary series, ideas of How you interact older generations with younger generations, and sort of created a content calendar of the types of programs that we would want to make. And then, of course, after, as Tiffany indicated, we had the good fortune to travel to LA and San Francisco and Detroit and other places and meet some incredible seniors. When we were really intending to launch that content out, COVID, coronavirus happened, and we knew our work was more vital than ever. And thus was born Dispatches from Quarantine, which is the show that had the good fortune to interview Carl Reiner and some of the other celebrities you spoke about.
0: Well, we'll talk more about the celebrities, uh, perhaps in a bit in detail. Uh, but I think uh, part of the, the genius of this project and of your program uh, is that you don't have to necessarily be a celebrity or a personality. All you have to be is a senior. You've lived a life and you you have something to say about it or about any subject that, that you raise. And I think that's the this hybrid of bringing well-known people together, people who are not as well-known, but nevertheless have had the same life experiences in many ways uh, that really, I think, makes this project uh, shine.
2: And, and Dan, our motto, Tiffany and I, is that all seniors are celebrities in their own right to somebody. So your point is very much well taken. And we've, you know, in, in all candor, some of the stories of people we've never heard of read like they could be a big budget Hollywood movie. So it's kind of awesome. Yeah,
3: as someone who works with seniors and programming, everybody has a story. So um, it's so true. We have a question. What do you hope people will get from dispatches?
1: Our hope is that dispatches will just be a conduit to opening up relationships with older loved ones in your own life. And like we were saying, everybody has a story to tell everybody has a story that should be heard. And that's the thing that what we've noticed and what we would love to be a part of in changing is that sometimes the elderly population are a very overlooked community, but they have the most rich, beautiful stories to tell. And you really do at any age have to look back to look forward. And there's just so much knowledge and wisdom and wit and Uh, spiritual growths on so many levels to talk to your elders that if we could in any way kind of push the needle towards that that would be a gift for us
2: Janelle as we all of us not only in the States but around the world are are navigating a period of social economic health and cultural you know upheaval I'll be that blunt about it Um, you know one of the things that Tiffany and I and our network Have really tried to navigate is what is the role and responsibility that each of us play and not feeding into the vitriol but really elevating the conversation in a meaningful way and i think the importance of what tiffany has created and she and i have been able to cultivate and expand upon together is really the notion that um older adults bring a perspective and a life view having survived really seismic um, eras throughout history from the Second World War and the Holocaust to advancements in technology to a number of things both hopeful and at the time perhaps seemingly hopeless that defined the eras in which they grew up. It is incumbent upon us uh, to make sure that their stories do not fall into the cracks of history and we succeed best when those who watch our content are inspired to call their older loved one to do a zoom session to find a mode to communicate with them and capture their stories because what we want to do is become the archive for those incredible stories that might otherwise be lost if they're not captured
1: if you don't mind if i can just mention also Uh, part of our vision is this kind of idea of intergenerational storytelling. So I worked recently with a nursing home here in um, San Francisco, uh, the campus for Jewish living, where we brought in high school students to interview and make films about the residents. And it was amazing. And not only was it the outcome of what, of the film, but the experience itself was just really beautiful to watch both generations be inspired by each other. And so we would love to have this archive of incredible films, but we also want people just to have the experience and just to have the good stuff in between of, of talking to your older loved ones and your relatives and, and sitting with them, no matter what the outcome is, as far as, as the recorded outcome, but just having the experience as well is important.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's interesting. I think that, that seniors, and you've learned this, I'm sure, you know, they bring, and, and you've out, outlined this, uh, in, in your comments just now. It's seniors bring two things to the table when they talk about uh, life. They can talk about the the flow of technology, how things have changed. I mean, my mother uh, was born uh, about a quarter of a century after the invention of the telephone and 12 years before the Wright brothers took their first flight and uh, lived all the way through a life of 85 years. So th- there's that part of the story. And then the other part of the story is lessons from life, which you – have gone through in terms of what do you think about the 10 commandments? What do you think about adversity? What do you think about death? Um, And, and so there's a lot there uh, really to, uh, to bring to the the table. What I'd like to ask though, is in the course of doing this, what did you learn that you were surprised to hear? Was there anything uh, out of the ordinary that, that stands out um, from what you've heard so far?
1: One of the things I was delighted about is, you know, interviewing, for example, Carl Reiner at 98 and many others like him, whether you're Carl Reiner or um, Dick and Lois Gunther or, you know, people from the Jewish community or or on the big stage, people at that age that seem to have a great last act of their life is that they're so curious and so interested and still working on things. I mean, a lot of these people could hang their hats at 80 and say, you know what, I've lived a good life, I'm just going to, that's it. But they're still going out to discover new things, whether it's, you know, reading or writing or art. It, it's just that creativity and that curiosity seems to never stop. And I, that was a wonderful, delightful um, surprise. On the the flip side, you know, we really are profiling people that have a great last act of their life. And there are a lot of people that don't. Um, A lot of people, aging is a very arduous and difficult process. So we understand that there's, it's not, we're, we're highlighting kind of the best case scenarios. So we understand that it's not always as positive as we would hope.
2: So really reinforcing a lot of what Tiffany has said, um, You know, we spent a first season on both of our premium digital shows, Coming of Age and Dispatches from Quarantine, interviewing fairly affluent or middle class, predominantly Ashkenazi Jews, some non-Jews, but who had an affiliation with the community. Um, And they offer a very particular perspective. Um, I think what was interesting, though, for those particularly who were not, quote-unquote, famous, um, and uh, Dan, to answer your question specifically specifically, an eye opener and a reminder for us is just that we have a very skewed relationship with aging in our culture. Uh, Retirement is meant to happen at a binary at a certain age. Um, We behave as though the worth of older individuals is relegated to them as grandparents or them as um, sort of secondary citizens. So ageism is very real. You know, some of the seniors with whom we spoke, the non-famous ones in particular, you know, have to navigate a world in which their contributions are not considered as valid because they quote unquote have been put out to pasture. Um, And that's very troubling. I think it's uh, an important consideration in all of our own lives to realize we actually really need the wisdom and insight of people who have lived and succeeded and failed um, in order for us to really understand and, and have a holistic perspective of all the craziness we're experiencing in the world right now. So there you go.
3: So we came up at B'nai B'rith with the idea for a national writing project for our building residents during the pandemic, asking our residents to share their stories of resilience and hope. So that seems to come up in some of your interviews. The one with Ellen Burstyn in her quarantine interview talks about overcoming adversity and holding steady in a storm as keys to working through the quarantine. What do you think of those two things as secrets to dealing with the pandemic? And can you talk about the theme of adversity and resilience in regards to our older loved ones?
1: Um, that's a wonderful program you're implementing. I think, you know, obviously as you get older, from what I'm learning, you have more adversity. It just comes with, the, it comes with the, uh, the territory. I think as you get older, from what I understand from my interviews, we, we interviewed a, a woman named Risa Eaglefeld, who was 102 years old and um, escaped Nazi Germany as a child outlived all her children and her husbands, talk about adversity. And she keeps positive affirmation, uh, post-it notes all over her refrigerator Does and talks about you must always follow the blessings, um, which she's become a role model to me. But um, I think what people learn and what, you know, I've learned, I've had, of course, my, my own adversity as we all have, that adversity is part of life and it's really how you handle it. Um, And it's really kind of an important thing to look back to realize that as Norman Lear says, everything that's happened to you, every moment, every bad moment in your life, every troubling times leads you to the moment of where you are now. And um, I mean, I just feel so lucky that we get to be the kind of recipients of all this knowledge around resiliency and adversity, um, because I think that's something younger generations really need to, to understand and and really this is our first hit with adversity for a lot of generations and how you deal with it mentally and spiritually and have a well-being around it is really something we can look to our older loved ones to help navigate.
2: Uh, Janelle, I, just to really reinforce that sentiment, we're at a time I think that just feels for many you know, people, maybe Gen X and younger, uh, in some respects very overwhelming. We're navigating on certain economic conditions, health conditions, just outcomes that we can't really know for certain how they will turn out. When we talk about resiliency, uh, as Tiffany said, the consistent theme that we found with those older adults with whom we interacted is that even in the face of incredibly daunting and challenging circumstances, whether they were the death of a spouse or um, cancer, let alone some of the bigger cultural and social movements that they were um, at the center of in many respects. You know, some of our seniors were very involved in the civil rights era and actively marching and protesting there too, um, is that they always felt like they had a sense of purpose, that that they were not allowing conditions to define them, but they wanted to be, as Tiffany's mother said, you know, si- sitting at the head table of life in some respects. Um, that was a that was a quote that I think her mother or father used to say years ago. Um, and I think what's important there is that that attitude we found so pervasive in a way so that it reinforced the idea and the lessons were learned that says, you know, it's not Uh, it's not a self-help book it's not uh, solely a daily affirmation but it really reinforced the idea that life is as much about the journey as it is about the destination but more importantly that we're all going to experience incredibly challenging and problematic times and what defines us is how we show up in those moments what defines us is how we react and navigate those outcomes and candidly It's great to hear it from people who talk the talk and walk the walk. And that for me personally has been one of the most positive and inspiring outcomes of speaking to these incredible seniors. So Ellen Burstyn talked about overcoming
0: adversity and in the the Larry King interview, um, King says that curiosity has kept him going. Uh, Is is curiosity a trait uh, that can be helpful to seniors? Um, and, and especially during a pandemic.
1: Absolutely. That's again, a thing that's, that's surprised me. I don't know if if this got into the episode, but Larry King said he loves obviously talking to people. Now, Larry King was a dear friend of my father's. So that was an easy ask, um, which was so nice to reconnect with him. The last time I actually saw him was at my father's funeral in 1993. So, uh, I picked up the phone and called him. I said, Hi Larry it's Tiffany Wolf he said how you doing <laughs> I was <laughs> like didn't miss a beat and I said well I'm doing this little series will you uh, would you would you mind doing it? he said now I said no no I'll call you back with with the zoom information <laughs> and all that and we ended up having the not, not only was it a, a great to you know to be able to interview the greatest interviewer of all time but wow it was like a walk down memory lane of talking about how much he missed my dad and their friendship and it was very personal and special and um, but he talked about how much he loves people and how he just want you know it doesn't have to be kings and queens and uh, heads of state. He loves talking to anybody where he said, you don't want to sit next to me on a plane, <laughs> which I don't know if that applies now, but you know in in, in, in pre-COVID times he said I, I would talk your ear off on a plane because you know I just want, you know, I, I'm interested and curious in people. And Marion Ross, uh, who she, you know, she reads three papers in the morning before she before she gets up to go into her garden at 92. And she's just finishing a book about Thomas Jefferson after finishing a book about George Washington. Again, that's been the thread, I think, of these interviews. Um, And again, people, you know, that aren't in the in the spotlight, like Risa does her calisthenics every morning and then um, plays piano. So that has been a real lesson at my age or any age that you have to always stay curious, stay interested. Carl Reiner in talks about, uh, we, we asked him his, his key to longevity. And, um, he talks about the book he wrote, how to live forever. And, uh, it was, a you know, a joke, but the, the premise was keep, keep working on things, keep doing, keep doing, keep improving. And, um, that's really been something if you're going to be keep doing and improving at 98, I think I can do some improving at 49.
2: Point well taken. Noam. So what occurs to me is this environment that we find ourselves in the world and, and, and Dan, I keep coming back to kind of drawing a corollary between the world as it exists today and how we're, inspired and informed by these seniors. Um, Not that Twitter or social media are really a lens into the real world per se, but it seems like everyone is incredibly certain and myopic about their points of view about any range of subject matter. And they're not really interested in something uh, that takes them outside of their confirmation bias. They don't want to Inquire about the world and learn new things and sort of seek out new ideas. And what was so important about what these seniors consistently reinforced and remind us is you know, they don't have any of the answers. We didn't come to them for the wisdom of the sages, the wisdom of the ages, as if to say, we know and this is the thing, we are the oracles. They offered a very um, expansive and differing point of view about a range of subjects. We had uh, someone by the name of Florine Rosen, who talked about the anti-Semitism that she experienced from other Jews when she was a younger person, in terms of being the right kind of Jew, and how that really tainted her perspective about organized religion. We talked to people like Lawrence Kubik, um, a beloved agent who was the first agent to Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, who talked about the perspective of you know, being a Hollywood Jew and then going to high holiday services with at the time his infant daughter who didn't respond to one and then went to a children's service at another and said, I love drive-through synagogue. Mm -hmm. And I share all these examples with you simply as a frame of reference to say that the curiosity part is in the knowing that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was incredibly refreshing is that these were still people who were open to learning who were excited, first of all, that we took an interest in them, but also who were learning social media and learning how to create content and engage with their grandchildren and children and other young people who were in their lives. The ability to do that and not feel overwhelmed by it, not feel um, as if those things don't relate to you because you're of a certain age, I think that's incredibly important and a lesson that I hope our generation and future generations continue to consider.
3: So do you think um, you will continue doing dispatches after quarantining is no longer necessary? And also, do we pay enough attention to our seniors?
1: Uh, you, the, the first answer is yes. We, we are continuing uh, dispatches from quarantine. We're actually working on season two already. We've already interviewed some amazing people for season two, including John Amos and Marla Gibbs. And um, so, yes, we are moving full steam ahead with season two. We We don't pay enough attention to seniors. And I don't know if that's more of an a a national issue or, I mean, I know it's very different in in different parts of the world, but that's why we call it silver screen studios. And that's why we, the idea is to shine a spotlight on our seniors, to give them the platform, give them the light and the space to be seen and to be heard. So I would say, no, we we do not give attention enough to our seniors. And gosh, if we could You know, I I used to say, and it's kind of a joke, but if we could give, you know, 2% of the attention that goes to, like, the Kardashians, that could go to the seniors in your lives, well, maybe that would be something, wouldn't it?
2: I want to take it a step further. We're, We're actively doing harm to our seniors. We exist in a culture, not only that, as I said, has a skewed relationship with aging and a quest for eternal youth, but sadly, you know, I lost my father. 20 years ago to early onset dementia he spent the last um, number of years of his life in nursing homes and in the last 20 years because my mother has an expertise in this arena and her professional life you go into these places and it's just terrible literally families become overwhelmed by the inability to care for older loved ones they're put in often institutionalized like settings not visited not really provided with meaningful support um, and it it's a, it's an abomination what we do um, i think that you know as tiffany and i continue to build on the work that she implemented and uh, go beyond just this notion of creating these fun little series that hopefully you know are getting some traction on the internet and in other places we really want to start to do more of what she described with the high school students coming to see seniors and really be active practitioners in setting an environment that reconnects us to older people, that reinforces the importance of capturing their stories, and that takes the minimal effort of just having people, you know, big brothers, big sisters is a really cool thing. Why aren't we doing that for seniors? We need to pay more attention to them because we're all going to be them. And if we don't figure it out now, it ain't gonna be pretty for us either.
0: Well, I'd like to go back if I can to Carl uh, to Reiner because um, as we're doing this program, he, he just passed away just a few days ago. Uh, and he certainly was um, an American original, uh, an American treasure. Uh, as, a, as a young child, uh, I, I watched him uh, with Sid Caesar and Imogene Coca. And then all the way through uh, up to the end, he really was uh, uh, seemed to be a, an amazing human being. When just as when you called Larry King, Tiffany, mm-hmm. what was Carl Reiner's response? Because he has really taken an interest in in seniors and in kind of setting an example of himself in a very positive way yes. uh, to other seniors. So how did how did that work when you when you got him on the phone?
1: Oh. Well, this is incredible. Maybe this is the sign of being under quarantine and people are just more open to new things. Um, I cold called Carl Reiner. I, call, I called his, I looked up Google and found his management company and called them and sent an email and it, and it got to, the, to his assistant and then it got to Carl. So it was unbelievable <laughs> to me that, wow, I picked up the phone. Someone answered it as management company. I got to send the email and then boom, sure, Carl, will do it. And I, we, we almost fell off our chairs with ex- excitement. We couldn't believe it. Um, and as you, as you know, and as you said, Carl Reiner was very prolific to the end. Um, he had a very active Twitter account. We don't know why or how we got to be the recipients and have the good fortune of being his last interview. We, I still am trying to figure that out. It just seems like a, a, in a way a, a beautiful gift a, to have and, and we feel grateful and sad and all of it for, this, for the opportunity. But it was really amazing. I don't know if you followed his Twitter account in the last couple of days or this interview, but it did feel like he was summating his life a lot in the last few weeks. Um, and really the, the dispatches from quarantine featuring Mr. Reiner, he, you know, he gave us, he gave us his life story. Um, he sat down with us from when he was born to up until today. Um, and what a, what a time capsule it was, you know, again, it was Carl Reiner. So of course this has gone viral and we've gotten attention that we, you know, are, are honored to, to get and saddened to get because of his passing. But, you know, as we've talked about, everybody should be interviewing their older loved ones to get the story from the beginning to the end to have this time capsule and to have, you know, we realized after Mr. Reiner died that that our work is more important than ever because really time is of the essence Um, and that when your loved one is gone, you don't have that opportunity. And if I can just mention, when I was a little girl, my Hebrew school had me record my parents on a cassette with a boombox. And, uh, I was about eight, nine years old and I interviewed my parents and you can hear the rattling in the kitchen and you can just hear kind of the everyday goings on. Um, and I interviewed my parents and I found that cassette recording a few years ago. And that was part of one of the reasons why I started this series was, wow, what I would give to talk to my parents again. I'm so happy. I have this little cassette tape that I found in a box and gosh, I wish I could talk to them now. And what, what? I would love to be able to give people the gift to know you should do this now because you just never know.
0: Yeah, well, it was Beshert uh, in both cases. Beshert that Carl Reiner uh, gave his last interview with you. And Beshert that at the age of nine, you were already getting ready for, uh, for this series where I was really appreciating um, the importance of, of talking to your, your parents. Noam, how about you? When, you're, when you uh, learned that Carl Reiner was, uh, was in, uh, how did you react?
2: So, you know, one of the things that uh, continues to astound me and is is such a privilege of getting to work with someone of Tiffany's caliber is that, um, you know, at a time where people in her professional field, you know, public relations are really reliant upon all these digital tools and and don't bother with the human touch, don't do that sort of shoe leather work of really engaging with people on a human level, that really is part and And particle, part and practice of uh, how she approaches that. And it amazes me the number of people who will immediately connect with her in such a meaningful and authentic way because of how she presents herself. So when we knew that coming of age had to sort of take a pause, our kind of more formal kind of uh, A&E biography type series, and we were going to try and do something on Zoom, she and I put a wish list together of the kinds of names that we would want. And they included Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks, Dick Van Dyke, they included, you know, obviously people that she and her family had a past with like Larry King. Um, And it was just amazing the goodwill that was harnessed by people who came out of the woodwork and said, hey, love what you do. Here's a connection to such and such. And The Carl Reiner piece, I think, was so meaningful for a couple different reasons. One is because he continued to be someone that we observed as being very facile and active as a thinker and a creative person, and he exactly represented the kinds of stories that we wanted to capture. Um, I think equally as importantly, um, and I say this from a somewhat kind of selfish perspective, um, we wanted to do right by him and we wanted to make him smile about a week after we sent him the interview so we conducted the interview in may uh mid-may and then we kind of sent it to him to look at in early june you know weeks before he passed um and his um partner in his publishing imprint uh, sent us an email and he basically said I got to let you guys know, you put the biggest smile on Carl's face. He absolutely loved what you did. In fact, he and Mel are going to, after watching Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune tomorrow night, they're going to sit and watch it together. And I thought to myself, Dan, I got to tell you, talk about a bucket list moment where a guy who brought me – and my family, years of joy with the Dick Van Dyke show. And again, I wasn't alive when it first came out, but subsequent to that and whether it was the Oh God movies with George Burns and all the things he did, the fact that, I, that Tiffany and I even brought a moment of joy in his final days is the best feeling in the world.
0: Well, we've got time for uh, one more question. Janelle?
3: Yeah. What advice do you have for people who want to connect with their older loved ones?
1: Well, I think that you want to make it as easy as possible for both of you. Um, you know, if, if you're talking about relationships that maybe you haven't um, nurtured over the years, you know, I just find with, I don't know if everyone else does, but under quarantine, I feel like there's just this global pause and a global energy of kind of authenticity and mending relationships and repair. I guess maybe you can call it to olam, but... I think people are ready to have more meaningful conversations right now. And it seems people are open to it. I mean, I've just felt it in my own life. There's just been magical things of mending relationships and repairs and forgiveness and moments of grace, really, that if you're going to do it and you want to reach out to your older loved ones and maybe not the ones that you talk to every day or that you haven't known how to start the conversation, just do it because some really special things seem to be happening right now with that.
2: You know, I, I, Janelle, I sort of think of your question in two parts. One is exactly what Tiffany outlined, which is, you know, seize the moment and the opportunity because the future is guaranteed to no one. So the person you've been waiting to connect with, maybe a family member with whom you've fallen out of contact or there was some tension, now is the time for forgiveness. Now is the time for, you know, reconnection. And that's something that people just need to take advantage of and figure out in their own right. Now, the other part of it, of course, is these incredible technical tools exist. Um, And by and large, I also find that people tend to think that older adults are Luddites, but the truth is, um, you know, some of the tools, if they have an iPhone, you can communicate through, um, you know, the camera technology there. Zoom is fairly straightforward to use. So, um, you know, the thing I would always say is try and connect with them in whatever medium is most accessible and available to them, um, and then find ways in which you can also capture and record either the audio or video of that. Zoom, the the platform that we're speaking with you and Dan on right now, uh, you know, is very intuitive, has a recording feature. So that's a great way to do it. We, uh, we did my mom's 81st birthday on Zoom and about 200 people showed up to that, which was incredible. Um, so it's those kinds of things The moments that we're all accustomed to, the rites of passage, we're being denied because of these circumstances right now. Do not allow that to be an excuse to not seek out a sense of community. Silver Screen Studios anchors that in the voices and experience of older adults. But I think it's an important reminder for all of us, which is the graduations, the birthdays, the bar and bat mitzvahs, etc., You find a way to bring people together because if one thing humankind needs and that these seniors remind us is the power and promise of connection. And that's what we are excited to continue doing and sharing those stories.
0: Well, your mini documentaries shine such an important light on older adults whose stories deserve to be remembered and to be celebrated. Tiffany, Noam, thank you both so much for joining us and and really lots
2: of luck uh, to both of you going forward.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having us and we so appreciate the time spent with you.
2: And Janelle and Dan, it's such a pleasure and thank you to your team as well and uh, wishing you both health, safety, and good tidings in the weeks and months ahead. The series is called
0: Dispatches from Quarantine and is produced by Silver Screen Studios in association with Reboot. You can watch every episode at silverscreenstudios.org and on the Silverscreen Studios YouTube channel. Thank you to Dispatches from Quarantine co-creators Tiffany Wolfe and Noam Dromi and our own Janelle Doughton for joining me today and thank all of you for tuning in. Now, if you like what you've heard, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, benebrith.org, to learn about our work. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. For my guests, Tiffany Wolf, Noam Dromi, and Janelle Doughton, I'm your host, Dan Ashen. See you again next time on the Benebrith International Podcast.